Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A man that comes off a very impressive 10.9 for the month of February overnights and is either number one or number two every month. He gets great ratings. He's right there with me. I mean, you go Murano, great ratings. Rosenberg, great ratings. Okay, the rest of the day. Pretty good. But Murano does a great job. And uh, here he is, the man himself, the host of Other Side of Midnight, the big ratings, Frank Morano, good morning, Frank. Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on uh, the ratings. An incredibly stellar uh, book. And uh, I didn't think it was, well, two things I didn't think was possible. One, I didn't think I'd ever see any AM station, let alone WABC, four or five years ago in the morning getting these kind of numbers again. It's really a credit to you and the whole team there. But also, I didn't think it was possible, but you're actually being somewhat humble in your bragging about the ratings because not only did the numbers that you did in the morning help uh, deliver a very strong number for the whole station, but the stations that you actually beat in the morning, uh, that includes stations that are broadcasting on AM and FM. Uh, 1010 Winds, for instance, they now broadcast the same station on AM and FM. Those two stations combined still aren't beating you in the morning. Same thing with WNYC. They're 820 on AM, 93.9 FM. They combined their two signals and still are not beating you. So clearly you're doing something right. Thank you for saying that. That's true. They do have AM and FM signals, and so does 1010 Winds and uh, WFAN. Got this text moments ago, and it's true. It is interesting how these groups that have comments about the ratings are all in debt and firing people every day. So those are the folks. uh, That is right. And you know, Frank, because (laughs) you and I have joked around about this uh, silly board and Alan Snippen and you know, it's funny, I was talking to Noam last break, and this is inside baseball, but I'm old school. I was raised with I miss Howard Stern, and I still believe that's what people want. They love that stuff. They like the sniping. They like the daily back and forth, whether it's me suspending Curtis Sliwa. They like a little in-house fighting, and they love stuff like this. So even though the average person doesn't read this ridiculous board, they like to hear what's going on inside our business. Agree or disagree? Uh, well, I mostly agree. I think that um, if there's one thing that we've seen with the success that you've had, not only revenue-wise with, but ratings-wise, is that you have pretty good instincts when it comes to uh, to radio. So what I think people are interested in hearing is whatever you're interested in and uh, the way that you discuss subjects that you're interested in. I remember Margot told you um, when you were doing your Super Bowl Sunday marathon of shows, okay. uh, she said, I'm going to listen. And you said, well, I'm just going to be talking about the Super Bowl. I don't know if you're going to be that interested. And she said, you discuss everything you're interested in with so much passion and energy that it makes it interesting. And I think uh, I think that's true. I think that while people may not care about who uh, Anthony Adanasio is on the on the New York radio message board <laughs> or any of these other people, uh, I, I think the, the, the fact that you talk about it with such gusto, uh, it, it makes people, at le- if not interested, at 
least entertained. Well, thank you. And Margot, I will tell you, that was a six-hour show that day in a snowstorm. Going back about three, four years ago, Super Bowl Sunday, I was on from noon to six. And the lovely Margot Katsimatidis listened to every second of that show, six hours long, and she couldn't give a, a rat's ass right. about the National Football League. So thank you, Margot, and thank you, Frank, for mentioning that. Now, talking about great instincts, you've got them. Again, coming up, another 11. Your numbers overnight are just through the roof. I mean, just incredible. But you also love pizza. You love radio. You also love pizza. I know that. And the cover of today's New York Post says, bye-bye, Miss American Pie. It's a pizza history. Or cheese, last dollar slice in New York City, is now not a dollar, but a dollar fifty. But Biden and Albany keep spending, driving up inflation. Always uh, fun to take a shot at the federal government if we can. But what about the pizza business in New York City? What does the future Frank Morano look like? Well, look, I think the pizza business in New York is thriving. I I think uh, that uh, pizza in New York is uh, some of the best in the world. In fact, uh, there are uh, certain places in New York that I think are much better than certain pizza spots in Italy. And I get what the New York Post And you're always going to start with L&B Spumoni Gardens, right? Always, right? Well, you know, it's a specific type, right? And that's what's so great about New York is there's so many different types of pizza. So if you like a a thicker crust, and I love L&B. I think they do a great job. But you have to be into the way they do pizza. You have to be into a thicker crust, like almost a Sicilian style, but with that upside down style with the cheese beneath the sauce. Not everybody likes that. In Staten Island, you know, we we're of the thin crust uh, mentality. So it's a different style. But the thing is, with the exception of maybe deep dish Chicago style, New York has the best of every different type of, of pizza there are. Uh, thick crust, thin crust, Sicilian, Detroit style, whatever you're into. But as far as this uh, article in the New York Post goes, I get what they're trying to do uh, is they're trying to illustrate the inflation problem, which is very real, by focusing on uh, two brothers uh, raising their price to $1.50. But the reality is there are still plenty of dollar pizza shops in New York. You have 99-cent pizza. You have a couple of other places. So I'm not sure this is as much of a big news story as the New York Post is making it out to be. I think they're really just kind of pushing – a political agenda, and using pizza to do it, which, hey, who can blame him? I'm sure it'll get clicks wherever you have pizza. In there you go. This is uh, the, the way I do radio. It's intended for the listeners and the listeners' enjoyment. So bringing on Frank Morano to discuss New York pizza, that's how you get it done. Uh, what is, your, is, your, is your favorite pizza spot, uh, L&B? I won't go back there anymore. Oh, uh, that's right. They made you wait online or right. something. Yeah, you don't make treated, uh, you don't put, right. They treated you like a normal person. Correct. Yeah. How dare they? You don't put baby in the corner, and you never make Sid Rosenberg wait online. <laughs> never. Forty five minutes. I'm like, do you know who I? I went Reese Witherspoon. I swear to God, I'm so embarrassed. I went. Do you know who I am? And they couldn't right. care less. They had like this a picture is- of Steve Sharippa. <laughs> Craig Carton, you know, this is beyond right. (laughs) Um, But um, so if you had to pick a favorite pizza shop in New York now, what would you pick? You know, I don't really have a favorite one anymore. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I used to live by Madison High School on East 22nd Street and and, uh, and Quentin Road. And there was a place by the subway tracks on East 16th Street. And it was called Belladonna Pizza. And I loved it. And then I worked with my brother-in-law, Albert, on Ocean Avenue and Avenue U. And there's a place that's still there. And the pizza is still great. And it's called Trio Pizza. See, like now it's different because when I was a kid, Frank, they had pizzerias. Now 
your Italian restaurants, whether it's Harry's right, in Lower. Right. Now they make pizza. You know, it's weird. I, I go for like a chicken parmesan and I start with a margarita pizza. That's weird. But so, so for me, at least at this stage of my life, I don't really have a quote unquote favorite pizza. And don't forget, in the last couple of months, I've lived in Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. So it's hard to, to have that place, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, no. So where do you come down on the whole Defara debate? Overrated, overpriced, or is it as good as everybody says? I've actually Both. never been to Defara. Both. Overrated and overpriced. And uh, to think that Bill de Blasio saved the place when the rest of the city completely fell apart under his watch shows you Bill de Blasio, who, mind you, ate pizza with a fork and a knife, which has really, really stopped Morick. He, uh, he blew that one. Well, first of all, I think once in a while I'll pick up a fork and a knife when you first start the piece of, the slice of pizza and it's a thicker slice yeah. and it makes sense. And uh, Donald Trump <laughs> ate pizza with a knife and fork. Remember when he ate pizza with Sarah Palin when she was in town? That's he ate true. pizza with a knife and fork. That's yeah. true. That's so, true. Uh, look, uh, it, let's be an equal opportunity critic. All right. Fair enough. Knifers. Fair enough. I'll let yeah. you do that. Most of the time you can't talk badly, but my friend Donald Trump, I'll let you do that. So, uh, Ed Cox. Just about a month ago, I had the fortunate opportunity to uh, co-host a whole week of shows with Cats. When it was Cats at Night, now it's Cats and Cosby. And uh, Ed Cox sat in a couple of those shows. He is now the GOP chairman. And we know that Republicans have done a much better job in this state. That last election in 2022, we gained four congressional seats, even though one of those is George Santos. And we got some other wins along the way. And now we've got a whole bunch of Republican council members uh, looming. But uh, is Ed Cox, is that the right guy for the job? Well, I don't know. I think the answer is a definite maybe. You know, if you would have asked me a year and a half, two years ago, I would have said uh, probably not. It's probably time to pick somebody new. But what we saw from Ed Cox last year was really impressive. One, he um, led the lawsuit on the gerrymandering to challenge all these gerrymandered congressional lines. He brought the lawsuit along with John Faso, and he's the one that created all these new competitive congressional districts that allowed four new Republicans to get elected, which basically gave the Republicans the majority in the House. So that's a point in his favor. Also, the pack that he ran on behalf of Zeldin, the independent expenditure that he ran on behalf of Zeldin, that was uh, something that I think made the governor's race much closer than anybody would have anticipated. The thing that I think Ed has in his favor is that he is not somebody that has ever alienated the Trump people, but he's also not somebody that's alienated the old school New York Rockefeller wing of the Republican Party. So I think for the time being, Ed might be a good uh, choice. One of the things that I hope Ed does is uh, move towards allowing blanks, people that are independents, not enrolled in any party, to vote in Republican primaries, because we've seen two things happen recently. One is Republicans are now only the third highest ranking registration in New York state. It goes Democrat, unaffiliated, and then Republican. That just happened. And two, we see a lot of Republican primaries where the candidates who emerge in these contests end up having to take positions that make them unelectable in the general election. If independents got to vote in these elections, which, by the way, they're paying for as taxpayers, then I think you would see much more um, attractive general election candidates emerge. Well, let's do this. 60 seconds to go. Let's take that to the the, um, federal scene. The Democrats are claiming a third party candidate will help reelect Donald Trump. You agree with that? 
I, I don't. And and honestly, whether it's uh, Paul Begala or this third way think tank or, um, you know, any of these other people that are pushing this out there, I don't even want to hear any Democratic strategists say that unless they have publicly advocated for ranked choice voting, which would do away with that spoiler effect. It seems to me like they're just um, making um, no labels in this case. That's the one that uh, you spoke to Joe Lieberman about that has uh, gotten ballot access in all these states so far, it seems like that they're setting no labels up to be a uh, a poster child for any Democratic failures in 2024. If they're really concerned about a third party candidate splitting the vote, then these states that are controlled by Democratic legislatures should institute ranked choice voting and you won't have to worry about it. But none of these people that have complained about it have done that. Frank, what can I say? I love you off the air. I love you on the air. Uh, you're, you're great. You're great. Ratings are great. Congratulations on another terrific month. You are lining up for a tremendous winter book come March. So, again, keep up the great work. Keep coming on my show. And congratulations on your success, too. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for having me. I love you, too, Sid. Thanks for what you're doing on behalf of the station. Thank you, buddy. Love you. There he is, the great Frank Morano, host of Other Side of Midnight. Great ratings, great guy, great instincts. Just terrific. Frank Morano.